Stampede. Garner is in 160, recorded 10 9 2022. There are people who believe we have military superiority in any conflict. Well, technologically, they may be correct, but when it comes down to a military that has the will to fight, I'm not so sure. If recent history is any measurement, then Vietnam, Libya, Iraq and Afghanistan are examples of how committed our military is to undefined objectives, like the reason for taking control of a population center in a foreign country. Of course, that's not to mention what appears to be uncontrolled violence in our own population centers. I don't think most Americans would be willing to get down and dirty when they can sit at home, turn on the tube, and have a beer. I doubt whether this country could ever have a general mobilization to defend the principles of democracy anymore, or, for that matter, the dignity of self-determination. 
After all, we've abdicated our willingness to think for ourselves, allowing artificial intelligence to do the thinking. So why would any soldier be willing to die for the principles of freedom? Besides, it's become abundantly clear the system of consumerism doesn't permit you to be free. It tells you you have to get more. And that doesn't inspire dedicated soldiers willing to die for their country. No, America may have a technological superiority when it comes to a battlefield. But the truth is, our generals will be doing the fighting. I see them now, in the future, at a control room pushing each other out of the way to hit a button that'll launch a thousand missiles on an adversary's position. Hell, we don't need any Army, Navy, or Air Force anymore, because we've got armed satellites circling the Earth with missiles. That's what I call technological superiority. That's right, we've got the most powerful military in the world. And like our president says, we'll protect every inch of freedom. And that's true, just so long as we can keep the electrical grid on, permitting the American public to watch the tube for 15 hours every day. Yes, we've got every incentive to fight for every inch. It's a very ancient saying but a true and honest thought that if you become a teacher by your pupils you'll be taught as a teacher I've been learning you'll forgive me if I boast and I've now become an expert on the subject I like most getting to know you Getting to know you, getting to know all about you, getting to like you, getting to hope you like me, getting to know you, putting it my way, but nicely, you are precisely my cup of tea. Getting to know you, getting to feel free and easy. When I am with you, getting to know what to say. Haven't you noticed, suddenly I'm bright and breezy because of all the beautiful and new about you
Even to the casual observer, when our government is unable to reach an annual budget that's submitted each year in September for the president to put his signature to, and the Congress can't arrive at how they'll fund the government, the result is called a continuing resolution. The government postpones how they'll fund the government for the next fiscal year by paying for a few months of operation until the next continuing resolution is passed. Our national debt is now over $31 trillion. And let's not kid ourselves. Our government will never be able to pay that debt off. It's a little like this. Our government operates by receiving revenue primarily through taxes. Now, if the revenue doesn't agree with expenditures for the coming year, then it must borrow money to make up the difference. And that's what causes our government's debt. I can't say who and what our government borrow money from, but I do know this. The Treasury of the U.S. government now operates on what is called modern monetary theory. And what exactly is at the cornerstone of modern monetary theory? Well, I'll tell you. It says the government can print as much money as it likes, and honestly, I don't know who or what can stop it from doing that. As I understand it, our government hires the Secret Service to track down counterfeit money. You know, when someone goes to a Xerox copying machine and copies a lot of $20 bills and goes to a grocery store to pay for his or her bill with the $20 bills he or she copied from the Xerox copying machine. Now, the Secret Service's official policy about what you must do if you encounter a counterfeit U.S. currency is this. You must not, under any circumstance, pass that illegal money on to someone else. And if you detect the money you have received is counterfeit, you must attempt to apprehend the person who passed it on to you. 
Now the question is, is our government printing phony money? The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. Again. The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. I think she's got it. I think she's got it. The rain in Spain stays mainly in the plain. By George has got it. By George has got it. Now once again, where does it rain? On the plain, on the plain. And where's that soggy plain? In Spain, in Spain. Hereford and Hampshire. Hurricanes hardly happen. How kind of you to let me come. Now once again, where does it rain? On the plain, on the plain. And where's that blasted rain? In Spain, in Spain. The rain stays, stays, A lot of people would say, I have my priorities all wrong. I should love this country unconditionally and be respectful, thankful I live in the greatest country on earth. But when looking at the future, there's nothing in this world which remains the same. Things are always changing. And there are a lot of patriotic people willing to fly our flag in their front yard, never willing to accept that something could be wrong in America. Well, you have to ask yourself why our government agencies feel the need to watch and listen to what everyone does in this country. Maybe they're frightened that there are people who see things happening like children killing other children in schools and recognize something is wrong with what we've become. And I, for one, agree that something is wrong. If you think you can escape future financial crises awaiting this country, it won't be by flying the flag in your front yard. No, you can't have debt. And I mean debt where you keep spending money you don't have without that catching up to you. You could be deceived or manipulated into believing it really doesn't matter or that in reality, the more we spend, the better we'll be. Well, guess what? That's exactly what our government is doing. And they'll never tell you how dangerous our financial security is in this country. The people who run our government want to stay in power. And no matter how serious our problems are, they think printing more money will solve what's wrong. 
Well, there are some things that phony money can't repair. When you have homeless people sleeping on the streets of almost every major city in this country, when you have the looting of businesses, when you have mass killings nearly every day, when suicide rates are rising, it doesn't matter. If you're flying your flag in your front yard, because what's happening is painful and you won't be able to escape. Welcome, fremte, étranger, stranger, glücklich zu sehen, just wie enchanté, happy to see you, bleibe reste stehen, welcome and bienvenue, Welcome im Cabaret, au oh Cabaret, to Cabaret. Meine Damen und Herren, Mesdames et Messieurs, Ladies und Gentlemen, comment ça va? Do you feel good? Ich bin euer Konferencier. I am your host und sage Willkommen und Bienvenue. Welcome im Cabaret, au Cabaret, au Cabaret. Leave your troubles outside. So, life is disappointing. Forget it. In here, life is beautiful. The girls are beautiful. Even the orchestra is beautiful. Of course, anyone listening to Garner Isn't might say my shows are simply speculation, that we're really a strong and healthy nation, but my predictions are based on our present state of affairs. We're close to having a physical conflict with the Russian Federation and the People's Republic of China. There are daily reports of increased tension with those two nations. And one has to ask, how will these treacherous conditions lessen? One way would be with diplomacy, but that seems difficult in succeeding. And the reason for that is because what's at the heart of this antagonism is our own intractable belief that we're still the most powerful country in the world. We have serious domestic issues that would suggest otherwise. And I keep pointing out what those issues are. When in a diplomatic meeting last year with representatives from China, lecturing our American top State Department delegation, saying, America was not qualified to speak to China from a position of strength. We should recognize we're in a contest. Our military stationed 
around the world may not be what we want or need to influence events. Posturing a military strategy of a rear guard defense may be what will happen if we withdraw militarily from around the world and defend our country close at home, we may concede, offering humility without suffering protracted conflicts resulting in possible defeats and casualties. I seriously question whether we would find American enlisted men and women willing to fight a drawn-out conflict with Russia and China. And we might not have our allies standing with us. No, we would be wise to withdraw and see how the rest of the world enjoys what Russia and China will bring. And they may find after time how much they miss us. But let's not kid ourselves. If we capitulate, there will be rough times ahead. But it may be what can save us. We are living in perilous times. America abdicating as the most powerful nation in the world might save ourselves from ourselves. The pompous, arrogant, and egotistical people who have power in this country might actually find humility without false pride. And that could bring us to our senses. This world is a dangerous place, and our policies of trying to bring the way we live to the rest of the world never was a wise idea. We traded freedom for a military policy that said, do it our way. 
Well, the rest of the world saw what America was becoming. And no matter how we attempted to disguise, manipulate, or indoctrinate the way we lived in this country, the world recognized something had gone wrong in what we called freedom. We lost what was important, and it wasn't getting a new model car or building a modern skyscraper or a superhighway. No, that wasn't what this country should have promised to the rest of the world. Prosperity was never at the end of a gun's barrel. Respect for who we and what we were should never have been replaced by demanding more. We should have asked for less, and realizing in doing that we could have found a value in what we had. Instead, we bred distrust, dissatisfaction, greed in wanting more. Yes, we distorted what was important, and whether we can withdraw and heal our self-inflicted wounds is difficult to say at best. We got it wrong, and we didn't need more to feel righteous and powerful. We needed less to see what was important. What we built we believed was worth defending, and it'll take a lot in accepting there is a correction coming. Whether we capitulate by choice or whether we're forced in doing that won't be easy. But this correction will come from within, from outside, or by both. And what we as Americans have taken for granted isn't going to last. And that's something I'm certain of. In this world, nothing remains the same, even for the most powerful who say we won't be intimidated.
This week on Garner Isn't You first heard a cut from Max Steiner's 1949 composition for the movie Beyond the Forest. Then from the 1956 movie The King and I, a Rogers and Hammerstein work Getting to Know You. And then the rain from Spain, a Frederick Lowe and Alan J. Lerner score for the movie My Fair Lady with Rex Harrison and Marnie Nixon dubbed singing for Audrey Hepburn, followed by Joel Gray singing Wilkeman for the 1972 film Cabaret by John Kander and Fred Ebb. Then Bernard Herrmann's score for the 1951 movie, The Day the Earth Stood Still. And to close, a Michael Small work for the 1971 movie, Clute. Stampede, written and performed by Edward Garner in Morro Bay and Paso Robles, California.